Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, our world conditions us to see the romantic possibilities in any human interaction. And that includes the relationships between men and women in the church. Our faith calls us to love our brothers and sisters. But in a sex-crazed world, we often choose to play it safe and just stay away. But are we missing something if we do? In Beyond Awkward Side Hugs, Living as Christian Brothers and Sisters in a Sex-Crazed World, the author Bronwyn Lee invites us back to close and meaningful relationships with the opposite gender, as they were intended to be. Well, it is just so great to have you here today, Bronwyn. Welcome to the show. How is the day progressing for you so far? Well, we are a couple of weeks into homeschooling or uh, distance learning like everybody else. And so it is uh, equal parts um, awesome and terrible. (laughs) Beautiful day otherwise in California. Has it pretty much completely transformed your existence at your house with your family these days that we could never see coming. Take us inside your house. <laughs> My house is um, just a hot bit of activity. Uh, the, the shelter in place order in our community came in the middle of a home remodel for us. And so we have literally got holes in the walls and holes in the floor and two adults working from home and three children trying to do distance learning and a very agitated dog. How much more do you want to know? <laughs> now, you say that the dog is educated. Do you... Are you no, does... agitated. Agitated. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, I have, a, I have a foreign accent. <laughs> Well, that's that's a very significant difference, <laughs> agitated and educated, because I just wondered if the dog was educated, how would you know? Does he just appear intellectual? <laughs> well, she does know how to like nudge two times for attention and like scratch three times for a snack, oh. um, but that's about the limits of it. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty advanced for mm-hmm. many of us as human beings as well. Well, (laughs) another place that we can't really resist uh, going here off the top, we're pretty big fans of words and phrases uh, here on the road. And your name is quite simply one of the coolest names that I've ever seen. Are you are you aware of how cool your name is or at this point, are you kind of desensitized to it? Well, I had nothing to do with either of my names. I didn't choose either of them. The one was given to me um, as such a special gift by my parents. Um, it was, in fact, uh, Bronwyn was the name of um, a gal my dad had a crush on in college and <laughs> loved loved the girl, loved the name, swore if he ever had a daughter, he'd name her that. And my mom, bless her gracious heart, went along with it. What a sport. Um, <laughs> wow. What a good sport. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, Lee uh, is the the family name I married into. 
Um, my maiden name is uh, much more complicated to spell, so it was kind of a relief to just get a three-letter last name. It is definitely more of a novelty in the States than it was um, in South Africa. Uh, well, here's the truth. As we dig into this work, uh, there have been fewer questions asked more often than this one throughout history. Can men and women just be friends? And I, <laughs> I was wondering if you would, and I love that you did, tackle it directly in the book. So what is your response to the age-old question? Well, it's, it feels like it's a different question um, in Western Christendom to what it has been elsewhere in time and certainly elsewhere on the planet. Um, I feel like the obvious answer is yes, we can. Um, and that we were sort of created by God to live together. And history has borne out that the contributions of men and women are very valuable all across the globe, but it has become very complex in Christian circles, um, particularly in the last 40, 50 years. And I understand why many people have come to the conclusion that no, they can't or no, they shouldn't. Um, <clears throat> but I think that there are some more helpful ways for us to think about um, interaction just than the question of whether, whether we can be friends and whether or not that's dangerous. Mm. It's the book. Maybe it as we further set up uh, what you do here in this incredible book, simply first, why is this so hard? I mean, in the words of the old song, why can't we be friends? What are we internalizing from the culture that often makes us so weird about this? Because I totally see it in my own life as a single guy in my mid thirties. Yeah, I think, I think we live in a very uh, post Freudian culture and the Christian world does too. And we don't even realize that this is the water we've been swimming in for such a very long time, um, or this is the air we've been breathing, so it's been hard to name. Uh, but we do live in a world where we've got this very narrow view of the way that men and women, of how, of how the story between men and women develops. And we have this very romanticized and sexualized way uh, that we expect any interaction between men and women to go. If we're lucky, it's going to be the love story of the century. Cue um, <laughs> most every romantic comedy, most every Disney movie, yes. a large proportion of our popular music, the season finale of The Office and Parks and Rec. Like you're just wondering who's going to get together, right, for better or for worse. So that's that's the the love story that you will find the one that's in the culture. And then there's the danger story um, of, well, what happens when that love goes wrong? But we have this, this idea that men and women are just sort of romantic and sexual partners in waiting and in the wings. And if that is true, if that is the way it is between men and women, no wonder friendship looks dangerous because it's always a segue then to something else, right? Right, not a destination. Um, something else, it's not a destination and it, it doesn't have its own category, right? But I think that the challenge for me as I've been reading scripture and as I've been doing pastoral ministry for a number of years is to say, you know what? That Freudian way of defining maleness and femaleness is too narrow. And the Bible has a better view and a bigger view um, of the story of maleness and femaleness. And it has room for um, it has room for gender and it has room for community. It has room for friendship and it has room for family none of which are necessarily the Song of Songs story. Like, that exists, that's real, but it's definitely not the only story we get to tell about being men and women made in God's image. Well, there's such great words, and I want to dig into the concept of the family of God in just a moment, mm -hmm. but we're talking with Bronwyn Lee today, 
the author of Beyond Awkward Side Hugs, living as Christian brothers and sisters in a sex-crazed world. And I have to say, too, making notes for our chat today, I sort of rediscovered I have a really tough time spelling the word awkward, which in and of itself is kind of awkward. <laughs> it's awkward, yes. <laughs> Who puts a W-K-W next to each other in a word? <laughs> yes, thank you for noticing that. You're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. And, and congratulations to you on, a, as, as we said before we turned the mics on, a, an amazing piece of language, too, for that title because it captures you right away and transports you. I mean, it was from seeing the, the book cover to understanding exactly what it was about and why I was so interested in it was just momentary. So really well done on that. Oh, it's a great team that the publisher has, and I love the color that they came up with, and I love that they had like really, um, really awkward knees on the cover as well. My little green book with the knees, actually, <laughs> I landed up being very delighted with um, what that communicated. Well, you've you've pointed to this in some of your answers already, but just to establish it again in a perhaps a central way, you you think that this message is so vital for us today in terms of what are we missing in the church right now because of how we're approaching this? I so appreciate you circling back to that question. I think what we're missing is um, really a very central part of the way that Scripture addresses us as believers, and that is that it addresses us as the family of God and the children of God. Um. And we do have this really individualist society where, you know, I, I have a relationship with Jesus and I am adopted into his family and I am saved. Um, but the language of scripture is plural. Um, almost all of the yous in the New Testament are in fact plural yous. The South has nailed it with the all y'all. Like the scripture is written to all y'all. How do you like my American accent? Was that beautiful? Um, so it's written to all y'all, but... Within that, it's not just even a a group, it's a family group. And one of the things that just blew my mind, um, the more I studied the scriptures in this, is that uh, we are addressed again and again, like 135 times in the New Testament, as being the Adelphoi of God. Um, That's the Greek word Adelphoi, like Philadelphia, but it, it refers to brothers and sisters, to siblings, And that just really, really struck me um, as being the way that the epistles and even the gospels um, describe our relationship with one another. And, And I realized that this is not a metaphor. You know, the Bible is full of metaphors. It talks of us, about us being um, the temple and living stones and vine and branches and sheep and lampstands and stones and all of these things, which are uh, deep, rich teaching metaphors. But when it talks of family, that is not a metaphor. That is actually a reality of the way that God now sees us. He's not just like a father to us. He actually is a father. I mean, this is what bowls the Apostle John over in First John. He says, behold, what love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Like, it's, it's true that we have become children of God. And if it is true, not just a figure of speech, not just a metaphor that we are children of God, then if we share the same Father, we really are siblings to one another. And that's not an image. That's a truth. It's going to be true for eternity that we will live as his family. And so what I think we've been missing at the church is just how do we live now 
as a community where we see one another as brothers and sisters. And that is a whole different way of seeing the gendered people around us than just potential partners or potential dating pools. Like those are brother and sister is a gendered relationship that acknowledges male and female, but no one's naked. No one's confused. No one's inappropriate. Like that's language that we can access and that we can use. And it is right there in the scriptures. And just as we need to do some work to sort of live into the truth of being children of God, um, because we, we tend to sometimes not live as his children, right? We live as abandoned ones or guilty yeah. ones or performers. And we need to learn the lessons of living into the truth of being his children. So too, the church is called to live into the truth of being the family of God. And it's slow work, um, but I think we're called to it. And we have eternity to, to do this better and better, to love one another well. Uh, so well said. There's such a freedom and such hope in that truth as well. Bronwyn Lee is with us today. She's the author of Beyond Awkward Side Hugs, Living as Christian Brothers and Sisters in a Sex-Crazed World. And there are so many just different trails to go uh, with this conversation. But I love that you specifically address what does it mean to be a woman if you're not a wife? What does it mean to be a man if you're not a husband? Because those are... Those are things that we we understand are out there, but maybe maybe we don't actually tackle the questions head on as often as perhaps we should. Yeah, I don't think we do. I mean, the church has put out so many, uh, so many, many <laughs> varied and some of them really excellent resources on Christian marriage. Um, but we do some damage when we say, okay, we're going to talk about uh, sexuality and relationships from the biblical perspective, and we instantly segue into conversation about marriage. Because, you know, the stats are that like 40% plus of the church are not married, and yet they are still men and women made in God's image. And there has to be a language and space and acknowledgement for these men and women who are made in God's image as male and female to fully belong and fully be acknowledged, even if they don't have a wedding ring on. Like, we are created male and female and are that from the day we're born. Like your maleness and femaleness doesn't get activated by a wedding ceremony. It's something <laughs> that we're born to. And if you do marry and your partner dies, you're still fully male or female and need to learn to be faithful to that. So the question of, of how to steward our sexuality, which we have, you know, as part of being made in the image of God from birth to death, is not just a question for the married. And it's not just a question for the youth group. Like it's a question for every faithful Christian because it's inherent to the way that God has made us. One of the discussions that you go into that uh, was really refreshing to me and really made me think, you talked about sort of the influence that culture has in terms of just how hypersexualized it is, the way that it sort of influences our thought process and our language. And we may not really even be actively aware of it, but it makes such a difference. Could you look at that just a bit? Oh, we do that all the time. It's the punchline. It's a joke. It's the hidden meaning. It's the subtext of songs. It's, um, it's just this very limited view of relationships, a limited view of um, gender. It's a very limited view of love, which has many textures in scripture and 
so much of Scripture's language uh, it, about love is non-sexual. You know, the agape love, friendship love, sort of the strong storge familial connection. None of that is sexual. But when we talk about love and intimacy in everyday English, uh, people think you've got your, your wooing game on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not necessarily the truth. That's not necessarily the truth yeah. at all. Yeah. I, I also love the fact that the phrase wooing game was just expressed. <laughs> I have never heard that before, but that was wonderful. Wow. We should bring that back. I think we should. Absolutely. That is an excellent, excellent point today. <laughs> We're talking with Bronwyn Lee today here on the road for Faith Radio. Ryan Thomas with you. Bronwyn is the author of Beyond Awkward Side Hugs, Living as Christian Brothers and Sisters in a Sex-Crazed World. You know, there, there is that cliched question, uh, what do you hope that a reader leaves the message of your book with? But I'm, I'm really interested to ask it to you, I must say, because there is so much truth in the book. If you could only express one piece of this, what would you hope that might be? I would love readers to walk away with a sense not only that they are permitted to be in relationships with the men and women around them, but that they are in fact called and commissioned into uh, relationships within the church. Um, We just are not living as the family that God has made us to be if we are siloed off and avoiding each other. And, you know, rules have their place. They did for Israel. You know, they, they teach us the way, but rules are meant to lead us to maturity. And wisdom and character are things that that really set us up for, um, for godliness so much better than rules were. And so I would love people not to feel that their relationships with their Christian and brothers and sisters needs to be governed by a fear of getting it wrong. I would love them to be responding with wisdom and living into a call to be the family of God, which is holy, uh, but also wholly appropriate. There's there is a sense too in which I think you you sort of unlock something for us here, which is perhaps we're thinking in our relationships with the opposite sex, in a way, if you're thinking in a non-sexual way, you're limiting the possibilities of that relationship. But when you talk about this this wholehearted view of just what it means to be the family of God. Mm. There is something so huge and so full of infinite possibility. I mean, this, this is in a way, it's not a limitation. This is sort of being unbridled to be all that we can be. Is that fair to say? Oh, I totally think that, you know, I am, I am a, a happily married woman. I have been married for 16 years. Um, and my husband is a believer and he is my friend. Um, but we absolutely need other Christian men and women in our life and in our relationship. We are called to serve them as a couple. We are called to love them as fellow neighbors. My husband is my neighbor, but he is just my closest neighbor in a community of neighbors. He is my brother in Christ, but one among a community of brothers of Christ. And I, um, the women in our church need a brother like him. They do. They they need someone who can empathize and help out. Like not everybody has a blood brother, but we have like by Jesus's blood brothers, and um, it opens up so many opportunities for the church. And it's actually really good for us because like my husband is great, 
but he is not my lobster, you know? Like, he, <laughs> the whole, like, uh, that's a friend's reference. I'm sorry if that totally dates me as a teen of the 90s and the 80s. But um, like, he does not complete me. Like, we have been put together in service of the world. And, and I need other brothers and sisters in my life. And he needs other brothers and sisters in, in our lives. And the church needs us. It's not like you get married and then you get picked off the line and just go into seclusion by yourself for the rest of your life. We're still called to serve God. We're just going to serve God side by side for the rest of our lives, right? So absolutely, I think that that should be an, an opening thing, not a limiting thing. Uh, really is uh, laced within the message of this book is that vision of community, which is perhaps bigger. I think what you touched on right at the beginning of the conversation, you know, how we so focus on the individual life. Mm. There is so much more. This community is so much more, this family of God. So once again, congratulations on the book. Thank you so much uh, for writing it because uh, it really does mean so much, I think, to so many people. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to talk about it, for laughing at all my lame jokes. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and for, for standing alongside to um, invite the church to, to think uh, about this again. I think that there, I think God has so much richness for us if we can uh, revisit this topic. Bronwyn Lee has been with us today on Faith Radio's On the Road The book is called Beyond Awkward Side Hugs, Living as Christian Brothers and Sisters in a Sex-Crazed World. And if people are fascinated by the topic, if they want to dig in for themselves, uh, where's the best place to start that journey? Well, you can go to beyondawkwardsidehugs.com and read what other people are saying, get an overview of the chapters. You can get a free chapter. And on that page, it also has links uh, to all the places that books are sold. So it's sold at... Uh, online retailers, um, when they open book and mortar, brick and mortar stores <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. from from Thomas Nelson directly, uh, yeah, you can find it if you if you search for it. Was there perhaps a person in your mind, just in closing, that you feel might benefit the most from the book, or do you think that there's something in here? Because I, I frankly found it to be the case that there's something in there. I think just about for everybody. Oh. You know, I wrote the book with sort of my community in mind, which is still pretty uh, nuclear family oriented with lots of married people. And I wanted to sort of invite people in my situation to say, look up and look out. There's a community of people out there to see. And I was thinking that the target audience was sort of primarily going to be uh, my immediate kind of community. But I have been surprised at how excited sort of single community has been. I've done college ministry and young adults for a long time and they're particularly interested in the chapter on dating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've been surprised. I kind of I kind of wrote it for my churches. I experience it, but it has been really exciting to see sort of feedback from younger believers, much older believers. Um, and from the sort of, I just read a great review this morning from a celibate gay, gay Christian saying he really appreciates this. This felt like uh, one of the most helpful books on sexuality that he has read from a straight person um, who's being faithful to scripture. And I did not expect him as a reader, but I'm so grateful for, for that review. So I don't know if there's one particular person. I had one person in mind and I've been surprised by the feedback. That's lovely. Well, that's, that's what God does, does he not? He mm-hmm. takes what we imagine and makes it uh, something even better. 
Bronwyn Lee. More we could have asked. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brian. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. One more time. Uh, the name of the book is Beyond Awkward Side Hugs, Living as Christian Brothers and Sisters in a Sex-Crazed World. It really has been a treat. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your heart with us, Bronwyn. Bless you, Ryan. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.